0: Hey everybody, this is Brett with Indie Comics Dispatch. On this week's episode, we talk about the creative processes creators use to create their comics, and we welcome creators for a creator pop-in episode. I want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor, Comics Wellspring. Comics Wellspring is the leading comic book maker. They print custom comic books on high-quality comic paper with a variety of binding and gloss options available. Check them out at comicswellspring.com. That's comics with an X, just like it should be. Also, have you thought about becoming a patron? You can become a patron for as little as $3 a month and get access to exclusive content, digital comic books from indie creators, and a lot more. You can sign up at patreon.com slash Dispatch and help support a non-profit news source for the indie comic community. Without any further ado, here's this week's episode of Broadcast from the Dispatch. Hey everybody, this is Brett with the Indie Comics Dispatch, and broadcasting from an undisclosed location deep within the Milky Way galaxy, this is broadcast from the Dispatch. (laughs)
1: Oh, <laughs> 2,
0: Hey everybody, welcome to another Tuesday night of broadcast from the Dispatch. I am Brett with Indie Comics Dispatch, if you missed the opening. Um, If you're out there watching this, um or your backstage before i put you on stage share the stream share it places so people can see um if you are listening to this on the podcast version after the live stream we thank you uh, if you could like rate us and comment and share the the podcast we would appreciate that also because the more you share the more people get to um see broadcast from the dispatch hear broadcast from the dispatch and the more they get to connect with the great creators that we feature it's not just about more people listening it's about connecting audience with creators fans with their comic book that they don't know they love yet so share care um do that sort of stuff um a couple housekeeping items here before we get going um uh brian is not here tonight he abandoned me no he's he's um recording an episode of the Facts project with grandmaster Facts tonight and so he is doing that look for that episode of that podcast to drop up probably within a few days um He's usually pretty good at dropping those pretty fast. So um, Grandmaster Facts, you can find it on iTunes, the Facts Project FAQs. Look for that and and listen to that. Um, Wingless Comics does have a Kickstarter going right now. If you don't know, um, it's been all over social, um, partially because of me. And so um, if you haven't seen that yet, um, Check it out. You can go to wingless ENT stands for wingless entertainment.com slash Kickstarter will take you right to the Kickstarter page wingless ENT.com slash Kickstarter and you can support that project. I'll drop that link again later. Um, but um, for now I want to move into uh, thanking patrons. We've been on a big patron push. Um, I was just telling uh, Jason before the show started. Um, year three we're officially in year three of indie comics dispatch and for year three we're concentrating on reach and revenue Um, so we want to reach more people um, than we've ever reached again Uh, That's for exposing people to the vast variety of indie comics that are out there, um, connecting creators with an audience, uh, again, fans with the next book they don't know they love yet. And so we want to reach more people. To do that, we need revenue. Um, But the great thing is we don't need much. We don't need a ton of revenue. Um, You can support Indie Comics Dispatch for as little as $3 a month um, on Patreon. You can also make a one-time donation on IndieComicsDispatch.com. Just click on the donation donate link on the kind of upper right hand corner of the page there Um, but what we really love is seeing new patrons um, because knowing what's coming in every month helps us plan Um, and in fact right before we went live we got a brand new patron I'm probably going to mess up this name and I'm so sorry Brandon Depillis, De, I'm sure it's not Depillis. I'm horrible at names, y'all. Um, but I do want to go through and thank all of our patrons. Um, so we have Brandon, brand new patron. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you for joining on with the Dispatch. Uh, we have Celeste Cornish. We have Dan Schmidt, Jason. Jason, I'm I'm not. I, you know who you are, Jason. Um, I'm not going to butcher that last name. Brandon Foster, Aaron Guzman, uh, Brian Lambert, and Quentin Rushing are all. Um, patrons on the monthly level. So thank you guys so much. Uh we have really been boosting up our Patreon lately. Uh there's new exclusive Patreon patron only posts on indiecomicsdispatch.com. You can only access those by signing in through Patreon and then going to indiecomicsdispatch. So you get bonus content that way and I I'm not going to announce it yet, but I think we have a few other um special surprises coming down the line for Patreon. Um I just got to wait to hear back on a couple things first. So Stay tuned. More is to come from Patreon uh, tonight. We we're just talking creative process. We are talking with creators. We're going to drop the link in the comments later. If you want to join the show, you can join the show. Um, but I'm going to introduce the people who are here first. Um, we already got a pretty good panel of people. So first, my favorite of the Jason Alexander's I know. Uh, Jason Alexander, Fogbreaker Studios. Hey, Jason. Good, good. How are you tonight?
2: I'm doing pretty good. Staying yeah. busy, on the
0: grind, you know. Good, making it happen. Good. And uh, next we have um, with the goodest of boys. He's got a brand new puppy dog. We'll see how this stream goes. Alex Sorvello. Hello, sir. Alex. Hey, how, how we are doing? you doing? Good. Nice is day, is that a Hubble image behind you? That is the deep the deep view. Ah, you know yeah. the way to my heart. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so yeah. we have two more guests i'm going to j- jump on in just a minute here but first i i said it in the team chat earlier but these two books came for me this week so good you I only bought them because of you two <laughs> because
2: some of my favorites so my good day.
0: separately so good. separately you both scored um i think i think you were nine. you did 1997 didn't you jason and now yeah, you did 1975 um but separately, you both scored them super high. In fact, when Alec first submitted his review, I was like, Alec, bro, no, these scores aren't right. Like, you can't do this. And he was like, no, Brett, this is the best book. Yeah,
3: it was like the favorite, one of my favorite Indies I've read in a long time. It was yep. super good
0: well it's been on my radar since then and then when jason came back with the high review on the other one i was like well holy shit i just got to get these now i
2: I I went into all five with full confidence i was like you know what i'm just gonna do it if brett kicks it back that's fine it'll be my own personal joy (laughs) i feel like i'm right on this one (laughs) (laughs) well real good
0: so i'm i'm excited to read them um great black and white artwork in there Uh, gary hodges uh, if you didn't see the cover, it's Dinosaurs versus mars bots right i think i got that right yeah. um and yeah. uh there's 1975 and 1997 i think he's working on a third volume right now i think he's got uh, a couple
3: i think he's got a couple in yeah. the, end of the yeah. book i'm pretty sure it says
0: like these
3: other classified files yeah, which yeah. Is neat. um yeah. so yeah
0: that's somebody we have to get on the air soon is is Dude, gary really yeah, yeah gary's before. a good chat you'll enjoy talking with gary he's awesome Awesome. Another person I always like having on the show, another book that has phenomenal black and white artwork. Dan Schmidt, Worms Crawling. <laughs> Hello, sir. Good evening. Good evening. You know, I always get take the chance to go on about your book whenever I can. Um
4: <laughs> so I pay you, I pay you, right? You do.
0: I mean, you are a patron. Um, so I mean, there is that. Um, so no, a phenomenal book if you don't know about worms crawling. Wormscrawlin.com, is that right, Dan? They can go there and order it. That's right, yep. Alright, um, and then finally this evening from Constant Hustle Comics, if you looked closely in the intro, you can see a couple of his books uh, shining through there. Uh, Lawrence King. Oh, shit. There there you are, Lawrence.
5: <laughs> How
0: y'all doing so, now?
5: How's it going?
2: Good.
0: Like, I don't want to call you out live on the air, Lawrence, but I have had a friend request waiting on you <laughs> for decades. Hey? Yes!
5: Oh, man. <laughs> That's messed up, Lawrence. Oh, Lords says they're both part of a
0: uh, wingless comics together. I'm just giving them a hard time. I, I really don't care.
5: Um, oh, man. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry about that. I got. No. I, I never
0: really check them, to be honest. No, that's fine. You. I just noticed today, uh, I think when I responded to your message and clicked on your profile to see what you had going on, I was like, waiting for confirmation. <laughs> <laughs> that's my bad, bro. That's my bad. <laughs> Lawrence, I want to let you go first uh, because you have an active campaign going on. So let's talk about what you got going on and then we'll dive into kind of the uh, creative process behind everybody's books and such.
5: Okay. Um, well, uh, constant comics has, uh, eviction bellum book two going on right now. And it's the end of the eviction bellum, uh, story arc. It's about between 60 and 70 pages. um, not to uh, not to be included with the first book that was about eighty five pages, so that it's about one hundred fifty pages altogether. Wow. And um, we're working with a a, a, a a Marvel artist for the big wraparound for the mm. uh, uh, to put the whole thing together. And awesome. um, it's basically what an eviction bellum event is. It's uh, for uh, uh, super villains to reach for anyone to reach a celestial level in our multiverse, they have to basically destroy a world and have to present that in front of one of the other celestials. And if they agree, then they can become one themselves. So these these basically these supervillains are playing God with a bunch of our superheroes and pitting worlds against each other.
0: That's really cool. So, well, now, I read book one, um, which was really good. Um, and it gave me a here I'm sharing the screen. Like, Can everybody see that? Yeah, there we go. Um, it gave me like a, the, that first I, I know D.C.'s on the like 12th crisis or whatever now. But it gave me right. that, that crisis on Infinite Earths feel to it reading the first one.
5: Right. Um, it, it, it 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 almost seems that way because uh, just to give away a little bit of the book. Uh, some of our heroes don't know one another. So when they meet for the first time, they meet and don't realize that that uh they're heroes. So in a normal situation where you wouldn't have, think of it like uh uh like Batman versus Superman, them not knowing one another, and then all of a sudden realizing that they're both basically on the same side. So mm-hmm. it 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 becomes that type of situation.
0: I like that. I like it a lot. So, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I had the other tab. was somebody going to say something? No. Oh, I thought I good. heard somebody say, okay, sorry. Said,
5: oh, um, good, but oh, oh thank does. you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Okay.
0: So how, how does this event reconfigure or change? Like, what can you say about how this event affects the constant hustle universe? Cause you are kind of bringing everybody together kind of for the first time in the, in, the, in this story.
5: Well, what it does is, um, The way Dwayne Welch, uh, uh, one of our creators, uh, uh, brought the idea to me. And um, for me, it's not enough. I'll make sure I say this right so I don't get any hate mail in the morning. It's not (laughs) enough to just write a story about your hero. You know, my hero... Started out as a teenager in high school, and now he's one. Now he's an Avenger, and that's just how it went, and that's just what it is. When Dwayne brought this to me, I told all the rest of the creators, "Okay, whoever's going to give him characters to use, know that the trajectory, or tra- I'm sorry, trajectory of your character is going to change after this event." In my opinion, it only makes them better creators and myself included, because I've got a few of my characters involved in it. It only makes us better creators because now we have to deal with the either limitations or the expectations of your characters since this whole situation has happened. So each one of our books will either be uh, 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 labeled B.E. before eviction or A.E. after eviction. Mm -hmm. So you'll know what's happening after that. So yeah, there, there will be changes to the characters. There will be changes to the characters. Some characters won't be around anymore. So yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it it's definitely gonna be um it's definitely gonna be something. That's the beauty of about this medium, in my opinion. You can have mm-hmm. a character that you were like red hot about for a while, and you're like, you know what? I thought of another idea, which I always do this, but uh I thought of another idea and I don't know what to do with this character now. All right, well, we can figure out what to do with him in this. And Dwayne had the daunting task of taking, I mean, there has to be over 15 superheroes in this, in the in the book total. And he didn't just take somebody in there and say, okay, your guy's gonna jump in on page 60 and he'll have his neck broke by page 68. I mean, he really took the time to figure out everybody's you know motivations and everything it was a lengthy process and he did an amazing job with it
0: that's awesome there's that's no awesome.
3: better feeling as like a writer when you are working with an artist and the artist is like okay so how's he supposed to be feeling here like tell or, or like i said something to ryan once who works on my third issue and he's like, uh, uh, I was like, God oh, I don't you think you kind of, what if we like bring this guy's head through the next panel? He's like, no, we can't show his face because he doesn't want to be doing this. And I'm like, <laughs> you know what? Thanks, Ryan. You're 100% <laughs> right. Uh, That's it awesome. So it was so good. So I totally, I love that. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like. I mean, Lawrence knows this. I like big crossover things. Like I like I like big events, and that's one thing that I think that indie comics misses sometimes is those big fun things, and right. that sometimes are overdone maybe in mainstream, but underdone in indie. And so it's, it's right. cool to see that. It's cool to see that.
5: Well, we 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 figured. Um, uh, well, there's a couple of schools of thought with it. One school of thought is. That, you know, well, maybe you should wait until your characters are are a lot more well-known before you have them in a crossover event. But no one can foretell what the future is going to bring. And I'm already an old man, so (laughs) I don't want to be 65 years old just finally doing a crossover event. So when Dwayne came to me and was like, hey, man, let's do this, let's do that, it, it, it it only makes it. You know, it only makes the universe stronger. It only makes the stories more compelling, which at the end of the day is our is our uh, uh, drive to make the stories that's compelling. That's, right. yep. that's it. So yep. that's that's all we you know really cared about. And w- one of the uh, tiers is if you don't know who the characters are, if you don't know this or know that you can get their books. It's all digital. You can get each and every one of the characters books or whatever they're involved in. And then get uh, uh, Eviction Bellum Book 1 and 2, and then you'll be all caught up. You'll be fine.
0: That's awesome. And, and from what I remember, your tiers aren't that bad priced, right? I mean, like... No, 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 no. For they, the digital um, catch-ups was amazing, I think. like
5: Right, right. The digital catch-up, that, that's what I was just talking about. And that's... Yeah. that's uh, you got to figure, it is digital, but you've got the 150 pages of Eviction Bellum Book 1 and 2, mm-hmm. and then you've got at least six other books
0: yeah no. it's 20 bucks and you're, you're getting like probably well over 250 pages of content there that's amazing. yeah
5: so you know more like i said more than anything we just want to get this book out there and in people's hands and you know we want people clamoring for the next time we uh 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 we have something that's mm-hmm. that, that that's our that's our you know our big i'm I'm still, you know, me, this being my company, I'm still navigating how to have that, that, uh, uh, I, I like to call it indie superstar status. Mm-hmm. Some indie creators will have a, a uh, a, 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 um, Kickstarter come out and it's funded in an hour. And I'm not talking about funding in an hour for 500 bucks. I'm talking about like yeah. five grand funded in an hour and they're just coming up with shit to 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 give people for stretch goals because they just ran out of shit to do. <laughs> we're, we're, we're looking we're looking for that status. So after this one happens, we're, we're trying to figure out. I'm I'm like I said, I'm still trying to navigate how to put us at that level. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what we're looking for. So when people when people look back at this, and then even when they see, like I'll probably have. Once once the wraparound cover is all done and everything like that, probably, well, I shouldn't say probably, definitely months from now, I'll have um, I'll have our uh, uh, the whole trade, the whole hundred fifty pages on Indiegogo or something like that, so people mm-hmm. can jump on there and get that as a whole. So, but we're you know, we're trying to make this happen, man. We want to get our stuff in in everybody's hands, and we want people to you know we want our name to be known as one of the the way we or, or one of our taglines is small in size but not in production. Hmm. So you may I not like realize, it. you know, that there's only a few of us, but when you read our books, it's just like reading any comic book that you would get in a regular comic book store.
0: I love it. I
3: love You it took it you well on your way though. 49 backers in a day. That's
5: pretty yeah. good. We're trying, man. We're trying.
4: When you figure and out I that did. superstar status, you let us know how you did it, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Tell you the book and it. sell
0: it. I'm
5: Remember just around. saying, man. Some of you, I mean, I don't know. You guys have to know people that are like that. They're on, and then like I'll go yeah, to sleep. Absolutely. They'll start at 8 o'clock at night. I'll right. go to sleep. I'll wake up in the morning and see, hey, we're funded. I'm like, fuck me.
0: Sebastian from Stranger Comics, it. as soon as he hits launch, he's funded And most of the time. I'm like, damn. Yeah. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Um I have dropped the link Lawrence in the comment section on Facebook and YouTube. Um you guys can also um look for the project uh, Eviction Bellum. There's not a whole lot of books called Eviction Bellum on Kickstarter, so it's very easy to find. Right. Um, so uh if you can't click the link for some reason, I'm definitely uh,
2: interested. It sounds awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank book you 1 so was much. good and and very intricate. I'm looking forward to some of those stories weaving back together in book 2 and seeing the conclusion. Um book 1 was a good read though. Thank you so much. No problem. No problem. Uh, uh, switch gears for a minute right now because we have somebody else here. Not a not a, um, a, a campaign going on, but production going on. Dan, let's how's Worms Crawling Two going?
4: Oh, it's going well. I got my first uh, chapter done. Uh, so it's drawn. It's uh, gray toned. Uh, did all the lettering. So it's in the it's in the can. Really excited about that. Um, awesome. Hopefully, spend the rest of this year getting through the rest of it. I'm estimating it's probably going to be about an 80-page graphic novel, uh, about half the size of my other one, Worms Crawl In, but still a pretty good-sized <laughs> book. Um, yeah, great size. Yeah, and I'm just really excited about it. It's uh, uh, some of the best work, uh, in my opinion, that I've been putting out. So uh, I'm taking a little extra time and making sure that uh, the art is right. Uh, I spent a, what is it, a couple of years uh, doing the story since I uh, finished uh, Worms mm-hmm. crawl in in uh, October of 2020. So i um, really excited about this.
0: Yeah, so take us through your process a little bit there. As we're going to be talking about the creative process. Take us through your process of... First of all, I think if I might be mistaken, but I don't think like you never had in mind a sequel to begin with, right? Like so, this idea was something that happened after yeah, you were done.
4: I, I didn't. Um, it was you know like a lot of graphic novels. It's a self-contained story. It's it's done um, essentially. Um, it got uh, great uh, reviews. Uh, got some great feedback from people. Uh, that seems to to really catch on for the for the people who like it. So. Um, I thought I'd uh, put out one more um, with the same characters. Um, this is a little bit different than uh, what you would normally expect from like a sequel or something like that. Uh, so normally um, you have uh, you know a book um, and then the sequel is the events that happen right after it or right before it or something like that. It's on a linear path. Um, I'm going uh, down instead of sideways. So this is taking a moment that's in Worms Crawling and then kind of expanding on, on that world. And it's building out oh, an entire cool. novel based on a moment from the first one.
0: I hmm. love that idea. I love Pretty that.
4: Strange. Very cool. Yeah. So one of the things that uh, uh, I'm not very good at is uh, drawing like uh, vehicles and cars and motorcycles and things like that Um, if there's any other artists around (laughs) listening or on the panel uh, you probably know what i'm talking about it takes a lot of time and effort to try and get it right uh, to get it to look proper Um, it's really easy to kind of screw up uh, those vehicles Um, I'd like to think of it kind of like lettering, right? If you have bad lettering, it kind of takes you out of the moment and distracts you from the rest of the book. So if you're drawing like a a bad car or something like that, it just looks awkward on the page and you're like, Oh, that doesn't look right. (laughs) Right. So it takes you out of the page. Um, so for me, for what I do is I have this process, um, for my hardware, for my vehicles and things like that. So I have this uh, little collection of, um, diecast metal vehicles, oh, right so I got awesome. like cars I have motorcycles I have trucks I have uh, like airplanes that's things awesome. like that um, so what I do is um this is a a mat cutting board if you can see it there's a grid on uh-huh. there right I so I take my mat cutting board <laughs> and I put my vehicles on top of it and the lines give me great perspective, so I can see the proper perspective nice. for the surroundings. If it's in like a city scene or something like that, um, I'll just set up some boxes, like tissue boxes or something like that, where the uh, where the buildings would be. Um, I set up all the lighting so I have the shadows where I want it, and then I take a picture of it. Um, take that picture, print out
0: uh-huh. the little car
4: the way I need it to be. It's got the grid lines on there and everything. Um, right He's an adventure there's the airplane right and then i use <laughs> that to transfer onto my board um and the end product kind of looks like this
0: oh that's <laughs> really cool right so i take that is so fucking smart I
4: touch it up a little bit <laughs> in Here's photoshop the and then i just transfer it to my board and i got my vehicles cool. so awesome yeah that's so nice. a lot of times you know uh especially in comic book art um time is, is so important, right? Especially in mm-hmm. independent small press. Um, we don't have a lot of time, uh, we have to make the most of it. So like I said, rather than sitting there and struggling with like perspective lines and French curves and all that stuff or trying to do it with like in Photoshop and, and all that. I take the pictures, I transfer it on there and, and I'm done. <laughs> so that's my process for drawing vehicles.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. It's funny. You mentioned vehicles. I, I, Gary Hodges just said um, evening all in the chat. I don't know if he's still here, or if he popped out. Um, but one of the first things I noticed about when I popped open his books, um, when I got them was check out that vehicle. I mean, the, the vehicles in his book are amazing. Um, and so I wonder, I wonder if he uses it's a similar awesome. process. <laughs> What's that Alec?
3: Everything in that, those books are so clean, it's right? Prison. Yes, yeah, so clean.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I just dropped the link in the in the uh, chat for other people who may or may not want to join. Um, anybody can stay as long as you want and contribute to the conversation or leave whenever you need to leave. It's cool. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about creative process. So um, as people start to join, we'll we'll add them in a minute. Um, but um, let's talk a little bit. Um, Jason and Alec, um, whoever wants to kind of go first um about your creative process about you get an idea for a story what happens next
2: you go first jason all right um so i guess from a writer's perspective and in writing horror a lot of times you kind of have to figure out how hard you want to ride the line like is this super shocking or is it subtle and if it's subtle, how do you make sure, like, if you feel like you got to explain it too much, you know what I mean? Like you, you kind of have to go back to the drawing board on it to kind of like make sure it hits the point, even if it's quiet. Um, but a lot of times I I go into the, i, I kind of feel like the RZA, you know, it's like, I go into crates. It's like, what movies make me feel this way? What have I read that makes me feel this way? And Like, for emotion, a lot of the times, I find myself reading back on Identity Crisis um, because that was just such an intense... It was such an intense book for characters in DC that you really don't get a lot of light. And that book had some very grim aspects to it. And it was... You know, it was all the happy characters at the beginning of that story. And a lot of of my stuff, especially um, my cult stuff, is not very, like it's not pleasant on purpose like it's kind of squirmy on purpose so i like to go through and almost create a visual library of storytelling i guess that's the best way to describe it
0: mm-hmm. um
2: just looking for emotion and how things make you feel sometimes even if it's not connected to your subject matter you know because it is different you can't find a reference picture for a feeling all the time so it's a challenge but if you put the time in it's always worth it.
0: I like that. I like that a lot, Alec.
2: Yeah, um I definitely have things
3: where I like if I see this type of story I like, like well, I want to write something like that. Like I don't know, I watched I watched a uh a Love Death Robots the other day, the new yeah. volume, yeah. the pirate one. That one was wild. And I was like, so "Dude, I good. need that. So after that, I've been like brewing up, like, a pirate story that I want to write just for the sake, maybe, like, my mailing list or something, and uh, but, so I definitely get things like that and for Gyro, my series my whole series is about perspectives so sometimes I want to pull something, like, I want to write like a Predator series that happens on, like, one of the moons, like, something like that, so, like I've looked into that, but since it's all about perspective, like, when I went into it with the first issue I uh, I was just thinking about, like how do I put everything in this issue that just leaves it the door open to create like endless stuff? Kind of like I always mentioned like a New Hope, because I mean there's there's infinite amount of Star Wars stuff that Disney is gonna just milk now because yeah. of one movie like that basically started it all. Um, and then I think about like to keep it like uh, you know graphic novel, comics wise, and even like indie, the the turtles like TMNT. Like the way those started, like I don't know if anybody's gone deep on the turtles, but there's like different planets involved, like a bunch of huge, Mm -hmm. huge stuff that happens in that series, and it all starts from like basically the the characters they introduce in the first in that first issue. So I start like I start there, and then like once I have like all those perspectives that I know what I want to go like individual on like a story or an issue, I break it up in like sections i use this thing called scrivener which if anybody is like likes to write you can do this on google docs but it helps you like separate your chapters mm. and like you could like tag, tag it on like docs or word but i just use this one scrivener i think it was like 40 bucks or something and you have it for life huh. uh, but i do that and so what i'll do is i go through and i'll write what I, like the name of the scene like You know, like Rotan and uh, his brother have a conflict, like then they fight, like he fights the Reich and then the next scene and the next scene. And then from there, I just go and I fill it in as I go. But I typically like outlining each name of the scene for the whole issue. And then like I probably don't even touch it for a day or two. I just think about it and then I go in and I go for it.
4: I like what Jason said earlier about uh, the feeling, right? So a lot of horror, I think uh, that's that's uh, the core of it. And what makes it interesting is, uh, aside um, maybe different from a lot of other genres, um, there's a lot of feeling. It's horrible feeling, it's fear, <laughs> it's things like that, but it's feeling, right? Um, so, so that's interesting that you brought that up. Uh, usually for me, I like to write, uh, I usually write the dialogue first. I write the really punchy scenes first, yep. and then I start building around that to to weave out the whole story. Um, but it's all based on feeling and emotion first, and then it goes to the other places that connect everything together.
2: Right, Does everybody get scared. I mean, everybody gets scared on roller coasters, but that's not what you're looking for. When you write a scary story like there has to be a a primal connection almost you know there there has to be a reason that it makes you scared and dot 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 you know sometimes it's scared and and jokey and laughing and sometimes it's scared and uncomfortable so yeah
4: and to get that anxiety when you're reading it uh, you have to the readers have to have some kind of care for the characters you put yep. into it so that when something happens you're like no don't do
2: that personally i think the only exactly. way
3: because i've tried like hard to find a book that makes me like nervous like a comic book in particular mm-hmm. but like it's all emotion it's all about how you feel about a character in particular it's not like you're going to get pop scared you can't like nothing, right, exactly. Although I know we've talked about this, Jason, before. Um, uh, Junji Ito, like he has weird, creepy stuff. Mm. And that stuff makes you nervous because you're just like, these people are nuts, dude. Like, <laughs> that's the type of scary it is, you know? That's that's as close as I can get. To like-
0: I'm going to um, pop in. We got two people waiting behind the scenes and so we'll get their perspective. I-, I do want to say, as I get ready to pop them in, as I move my mouse here, that I would, with my series, I know that I get stuck. I could just tell, 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 tell and never come to an end, but I knew I needed to come to an end. Um, and so I set four issues and I, I wrote the ending first so that I couldn't just <laughs> go down rabbit way. holes. <laughs> I could not do it. Um, I want to welcome uh Dwayne from Animation Comics Entertainment. Hello, sir. Welcome what's back going to the everybody. Show. Everybody, What's, what's up? up? What's up? And I'm gonna also welcome at the same time Dan Price from Bigfoot Nose Karate. Dan, let me get this banner off your face.
5: So if I can add, it seems like we have a a, or uh, up to this point, we we have a good amount of um, horror fans in here. Mm -hmm. And and I I will freely admit that you guys, I'm sure, have read more horror based books than me. I'm a, a, a humongous horror film fan. Mm hmm what is what is you what is you all's personal opinion on the phrase elevated horror first of all have you heard of it
1: what do you mean
5: i haven't heard of
1: it i don't get out much i work from home so
5: so so, uh elevated horror would be movies like uh, uh hereditary and um so um, that falls in the category like midsummer. Yes, I love it. That's now, one of my favorite horror movies. Now, I, I I mean, not the movie. I'm talking about the phrase. I, I, I let me let me explain how I feel about it, and we can we we can go from there. I want to write a horror comic, right? I've already started, and um, my issue with that phrase is. In my opinion, there's all there's. They're all just horror movies. They're just some you put more money into, and some you put less money into. Sure. There's you know like Mega Shark versus Piranha you see on Sci Fi Channel, Crazy and then movie. there's like actually something you know you, that you'll see in the theaters. Yeah, it's still all the same type of movie. It's just w- one they'll put their money into and one they won't. I love all types. I can watch the corniest. I watched a zombie movie one time where the zombie was a zombie uh, 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 virus was spread from a rabbit yep. that was infected in a lab. And you could tell it was a guy doing this with a rabbit on his hand <laughs> in front of the camera. Watch the whole thing beginning <laughs> to end because I, I just...
6: I mean th- that's just how I am but you know what else is another good example for something similar to that is uh, Cabin Fever
0: oh yeah, yeah. yeah. that's that a really good one too, I was
6: yeah. thinking Evil Dead like the yeah Evil Dead yeah definitely
0: yeah well uh, the, the rabbit thing made me think of this so I'm just going to ask it what was that name of that book series um, of the vampire rabbit do y'all remember that book series Bunnicula <laughs> yes yes <laughs> <laughs> What? Bunnicula <laughs> So that was amazing. a look it up that that's was fantastic
4: <laughs> so i haven't heard that phrase before the elevated horror um uh, mm-hmm. personally uh I, I if i understand correctly um i would buy into that uh it seems like there uh, there's different ways uh to do the horror uh different ways to write it uh and the different um uh emotion that you're pulling out of your audience right So if you think about like the Friday the 13th, there's not a whole lot of emotion there. It's jump scares and it's gore, right? It's still entertaining, um, but in a different way, you have the other movies like Hereditary or some of those uh, higher end horrors, um, which really go to lengths to pull that dread out of you so that when you're watching it on screen, like I mentioned before, you really have that feeling of, oh my God, don't do that or whatever. Right, right, um, right. To try right, to right. get the audience to really feel and interact as opposed to just sitting on the couch and, you know, laughing at <laughs> somebody spraying right. blood out their neck. <laughs> I,
2: I guess by title, I would say I'm not, I wouldn't immediately say I'm a fan of elevated horror. As far as that being something that's got a ton of money and production behind it, because the thing, the practical effects done well, are a little bit scarier. Um, the thing is like the is like a perfect example. I didn't see that movie well done. until you know a year ago or a year or two ago, and it's definitely up there with probably one of my top two horror movies.
5: Oh and my it's God!
2: Because of how it looks, and it held. It holds up. That movie was made in eighty two, and yeah. you know, because the story is so good, you could care less about oh that you know that clay model moved a little bit funny. No, right. You, know, yeah. you don't that, care about that if you are in Antarctica.
5: Right, Antarctica, right, Antarctica, right, Antarctica, right. To but So it's interesting, like
2: the blood test in that movie, and it's it's completely psychological, and it's completely. Tense, and it didn't right. matter who was there or not because at that point if Kurt Russell had decided that it was time for all of them to go away <laughs> nobody could have done anything about it right,
5: right. so no it
2: right. was solid solid movie and yes I understand your definition a little bit more but I don't think it's I don't think it's always necessary you
0: know well let's go back to creative process here for a minute uh, Dwayne and Dan um Give us some insight into your creative process. Who wants to go first?
6: Is he raising his hand because he's muted?
0: No, he, he's showing you. Oh, oh me. Oh, oh Dwayne. Me, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, the I'm, world I'm, is thine oh. oyster.
6: All right. Oh, so for me, um, wow. You know, I was listening to everybody else's creative process, and mine was uh, a little uh, different. To say the least, uh, I've told this story a few times on here and, and other places. But for me, um, my my story is Nightfall. Michael's Awakening, If I don't know, it's a, it's a werewolf action horror type story. Um, and for me, uh, the like when I first decided to start my company with my brother, we both wanted to, you know, at first we were like yeah we're gonna get into the superhero genre, but then we decided you know maybe let's try to do something else and slowly work our way up to, you know, people starting to really know who we are. And so just kind of really having like a nice little story to really get people knowing our type of way of writing and and creativity and things like that, artwork, such things like that. So um, I was really trying to figure out what I wanted to do. At first I just wanted to do like, maybe like a a mystery or a genre, I mean, a, a drama. So, you know, this was around the time when Twilight first came around. And so you know, oh. this had this had the idea. Oh, no, no, kind of no, and, <laughs> no. It's a good story. Trust me. Okay, okay, so, please. So, I,
5: uh,
6: I was so, just you know, about to hit the, the leave
5: button when you it. said that.
6: Yeah, I know a lot of people get scared when I tell a story, but then when it comes to fruition, they go, "Oh, okay, yeah, it's cool." So, right. um, so you know, so I went to go see it because a lot of people was, you know, 50-50 on it. And I had some some friends, guy friends, surprisingly, and girlfriends that were telling me that, "Oh, yeah, it was cool. Go see it." So you know, I went to go see it, and I was like. So disappointed on so many different levels, you know. But I I did like the the whole uh, appeal of like a uh, relationship with supernatural characters involved. So I was like, you know, I kind of like that idea, and you know, I've always been a fan of werewolves since very young. You know, um, I literally have it on my arm. Um, so you know, that was really kind of where the idea of Nightfall really sparked from. From that, is it? But I saw it as a way of like. Not just like to bash it and say, oh well, this story is trash, but I was like, this is cool, but I see how I can make it better and put my own interpretation on it, my own style, totally different. So people that read Nightfall, if totally I totally different. Them,
0: don't a- don't 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 think it's anything like Twilight. I've read his books. No, Nothing it's not, like Twilight. That's the thing. You
6: know, a lot of people <laughs> when, when I when I uh, tell them they go, Man, I read your story, and then I go, Yeah, did you know it's actually kind of sort of kind of inspired by twilight they go what no and i go yeah you know but it's not really all that it was just that that was kind of like the thing that kind of really just said you know what i think i'm gonna go with this because i've never seen a story with a black person or person of color as the main character in a supernatural aspect you know so that was what i really kind of wanted to do i wanted to do something that was Totally different. So that kind of just really, just really ignited the flame and really got the ball rolling for my initial story. Although after that, you know, we have other stories, but um, the Nightfall one was definitely uh, sort of inspired by Twilight, which is always a funny story.
4: One of the things I like about your uh, story about your your book there, uh, as far as the creative process goes, is how it transitions. Right, it starts off uh, in yeah, his uh, regular life. Um, and then, as he, he starts to discover who he is, um, the look of the book changes as well. Yeah. So that was a that was a pretty cool technique. Yeah, because you
6: know that that to me that was uh you know I, I'm I'm all about um, multiple reasons for anything. You know what I mean? Not just like a simplistic story or anything that's like you know. Um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna stop because the guy down or to the left didn't even say his, his part <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean, because I will I'll go in forever. I'll go in forever. I'm listening, I'm man. man. I say keep going,
1: Dwayne, please.
6: Oh, before, okay. Before. I, mean, I didn't want to, you know, I don't want you know, just but yeah, so for me, you know, um I wanted to do something different. I never really saw that in any stories, you know, it's not really put in too many movies, but I wanted people to really have their own interpretation of why it is black and white, and then it slowly goes with the color. Of mm-hmm. course, it is the reason, like you said, Dan. You know, but there's other reasons why. For me personally, it's a little personal reason because me, I love black and white. I'm, I mean, I, I'm not the best colors, but you know, for me, inks has always been my jam. So that was always kind of what I wanted to do. But I knew if I did a story that was full black and white, people would be like, "Oh, this, this isn't done." You need to, to hey man, with some color, throw some color in there, you know. So that was another reason. But you know, there's tons of Easter eggs in the story as well that I wanted to do. I, I really, I felt it was really important to show as much as my personality as as possible. But also, you know, when people see me face to face, I have more to talk to them about other than just the elevated pitch when I'm pitching the story. So it gets the more invested into the story or wanting to buy it as well. So that was. Uh, You know, one of the main things about it was really just throwing as much personality and character into the story.
0: And Dwayne is a fantastic artist if you've not looked at the books. Dwayne is (laughs) phenomenal. I
6: appreciate that.
0: Dan, uh, not Dan Schmidt, Dan Price, um, take us through your latest creation.
1: Oh, my Lord, have mercy. First of all, thanks for letting me uh, crash the party. Brett, appreciate it. Uh, My latest thing that I've been working on is a book called Bigfoot Knows Karate uh it is the uh, tale of a gentle cryptid warrior who lives in a world where anyone can be the hunter and anyone can be the prey at any given time he goes up against kung fu thulu in the oh here i got a book Here okay, he goes up against kung fu thulu okay it's my
0: favorite like out of everything any name that's my favorite i love it
1: God bless you Casey Allen and Casey is my co-writer and uh we we uh so yeah he goes up against Kung Fu Thulu and in this uh the cryptid showdown of the century I think Godzilla versus Kong meets Kill Bill with a really screwed up twist and um thank you Charlie uh the um it is uh it's a the book's a blast. We we had so much fun working on this. I'm the creator, co-writer, and artist mm-hmm. on the book, and uh Casey is my co-writer and editor. And uh we met through a thing called the uh the comic jam a while back, and it was uh and he's a writer and I'm an artist, and we kind of had just kind of clicked, but we never worked on anything real. And it's weird co-writing a project, uh, you know, from a creative uh you know, from the creative standpoint, that process of co-writing with somebody because it's your creation. It's there, but they're, but they're putting in on it and you're, so it's like you want to, you've got to balance because he's a brilliant writer. I mean, he's just a brilliant writer. One of the nicest guys in indie comics and has, has another book out called Voodoo Child that's just outstanding. And, um, so we we work in tandem with each other. It's a Google Doc. I write in blue. He writes in red. Whatever we like, we put in. We we make black. You know, so we finalize it. You know what I mean? And we we write over the top of each other. It's pretty funny. And uh, and so it's so fluid. I mean, it's un- it's so unbelievably fluid compared to anything else I've written, whether it be LaTeX, Avenger, Masters of the Obvious, or anything else I've done. Um, and it makes the the process that much more fun, though. I got to tell you because. He thinks of, you know, I mean, he'll we'll come up with weird crap. I mean, we it's it's a bigfoot. He does karate. It's Cthulhu. It does kung fu. We like weird shit. Uh, Part of my language. The uh, but we we come up with weird stuff. And um, he said to me a few days ago, we were talking about a character, and he goes, "You think we're going off the rails on this one?" So, dude, we have a bigfoot who does karate, man. We went off the rails like on page two, you know. So,
5: um... I, I, I was just about to say you don't even have to worry about that anymore once you once you came up with the title, you're good right, there, bro. You're good to go, yeah. man. Um, yeah, to I'll tell
1: you what, yeah, man. I, mean, I got a chip a cobra with a shotgun that's gonna knock your socks <laughs> off in, in book two, man. So, like, but it's more than that. There's, it's a, you know, we are really trying to build a a strong plot, a really strong arc, a five issue story that just people have gravitated to and we're really grateful, you know, I mean, it's just been amazing people on Instagram and just been amazing. And the Kickstarter was pretty damn successful. So I can't yeah. complain about that. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so I mean, I don't know, my, my wife said to me when I got back into doing all this shit, she said, have fun, man, I'm having a blast. So it's been it really, that's, think that's the best part of the creative process is enjoying it.
3: Well, dude, that's number a good one, point. Teamwork is great, so it's yeah. when you have somebody to work together with. That's that's awesome. The other thing is, is your title is awesome because it tells you everything you need to know, right. like before yeah. you even get into it. Like, yeah, what else else I'm mad about my book is my title, just because it's just not nobody gets it like until you read it. Um, <laughs> but Bigfoot knows karate. Like, all right, I'm in. Like,
0: yeah, you better. know what you're getting. Yeah. It's it's there. Yeah.
4: Right.
0: yeah
1: um yeah and then the thing about it is and I, I i brett i think you got a book did you get the did you yeah get the
0: yeah i got it yeah
1: yeah when you read it when you get done reading it you know you it was it met all your expectations based on the title alone but then when you get done reading it, it's kind of like what the hell did i just read in the sense that <laughs> that's it, it kind of did not it it, it, it it well it went off the rail uh the uh so i mean that's what we were trying to go for anyway hopefully we achieved that we'll see so in the long term here
0: definitely uh, well I, people can buy book one at bigfootnote can they not
1: yeah there's a link to our <laughs> uh, CWS bookstore and uh, uh, website and then uh, and then we also got look keep uh, looking at the back of the website because we're doing some exclusives with Mephisto Comics.com that'll be coming up nice. here pretty soon so that should be interesting and book two of issue uh, book two uh, Bigfoot Nose karate chapter 2 born under a bad sign hits Kickstarter in October and i've also got uh another project that i'm doing with drew edwards from halloween man we have halloween man meets latex avenger hitting indiegogo this summer uh, as well so if you're not familiar with latex avenger he's my character it's got a sidekick named spermicidal foam lad and together they repel crime 99.9 <laughs> percent of the time you can get the idea that this is a twisted uh, twisted story but it's fun stuff you know it's for not for kids but you know it's cool
0: i was gonna say the kids board book is coming soon
1: yeah yeah the coloring yeah, book right. Right? Coloring books for latex avenger you know it's gonna be fantastic so you gotta learn at some
0: point oh yeah 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 um, <laughs> um if you're out there watching i have dropped the link uh you can join it we, we probably got 10 15 minutes left here i try to keep the show close to an hour ish for the podcast um so if you're out there uh, watching, you can still join in. It's got a little bit of time to join in, not much, but a little bit. I do want to remind everybody uh, we are actively recruiting new patrons um, on Patreon. So you can go to uh, patreon.com slash Indie Dispatch together and sign up to be a patron for as little as $3. You get exclusive content uh, on Indie Comics Dispatch.com as well as some other perks that will be coming down the road very soon. Very soon, um, so guys, um, I you know I'm in the middle of production on my first issue of full issue of my comic, and it's just like dream come true for me. Um, and so um, that's kind of all I'm thinking about right now. In addition to seven kids, full time job, and running a nonprofit news agency. Um, but other than that, um, yeah, you, you didn't know that, Lawrence. Yeah, I got seven kids. I that's not an kids exaggeration. Seven. I, I have, yeah. I
3: have one puppy. <laughs> and I, it's, it's a lot, but he he
0: it's looks like the goodest boy. Like I, a, he, I I I love so my cool. dog, but your, your dog's cute. Um,
5: unless you're unless you're Amish or have a farm, seven kids is a lot of damn kids, bro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting story. Um, <laughs> so, um, um, <laughs> Lauren's got me distracted. Um, Sorry, my bad. bad. You're you, you good, process, man. You're good. So creative process, yes. Um, How did you do it? <laughs> well, I, I kept getting stuck, right? So um, along the, I plotted out the whole series. I had an overview, and I had book one outline, book two outline, book three outline, book four outline. But then when I got into it, um, I got stuck on the dialogue. What do you guys ever get to a point getting stuck with dialogue or any other point? And if you do, what do you do to overcome it, Alec? <laughs> Bob McCartney
3: taught me this. Um, oh. Yeah, personally? personally, through YouTube, oh, and nice. he said something like, "When he writes a song and he gets stuck when he's writing the song, he just leaves it blank or fills in the syllables and then moves on." And mm. I say, and I kind of take that towards my script writing, and I just, uh, I just, if I have a thought, I fit, I just write all the way through. I don't, I don't get stuck. And then because my writing in general, I say, is editing like anyway, because I I just get ideas down the page and then I clean it up after. So just don't stop. That's my advice.
4: Yeah. Dialogue is one of the first things I do. I write uh, as much of the dialogue out because that's what people read on the page and that's what's going to impact people. So I try to do that. And if I don't know exactly what to write, I write something, right? You write uh, what you want them to say, but not necessarily what you want the audience to read so that you can go back later and, you know, retouch it and make it the way that it's supposed to sound so just kind of doing the outline that way for me
1: i mean back to the, on the dialogue thing yeah i write in dialogue that's just, i'm the same way dan um i will especially if i'm writing a comedy it's because that's that's telling the story for the most part but like uh write in all your dialogue and then what you, what you don't have what you don't have just skip that area and you as long as you know the beginning and the end, you can fill in the rest is the way I always kind of think about it. So like I oftentimes I'll start, I'll start at the beginning, I'll write the end and I'll kind of work my way through the middle and, uh, and just write out all the dialogue furiously and then paint in the rest of the descriptions later, because I know in my head where all that dialogue's supposed to go anyway. So it's, it's just kind of, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a strange reverse outline, if you will.
2: Yeah, I I just write, I kind of do like you do Alec, like if I have to write seven paragraphs that I know is probably gonna be a sentence or two, I'd rather have it there because I know how I communicate with myself. And so (laughs) I know what I wanted to say is there somewhere. I just have to go back and get it because if I don't, then I'll be, it'll be gone forever. So I'd rather just write it all and then fill, you know, remove it as needed.
5: I'll outline, but sometimes the character, as I'm writing out, you know, where I think the story should go, sometimes the character themselves will just put it in another direction. So if I get stuck on yep. something, I, I basically leave it alone. But it's always in my head anyway, because my best yep. ideas come when I'm doing the most mundane things. Like I have a repetitive thing I have to do at work, and then bam, it'll come right to my head. I'll have to stop, grab. I always got a pen in the pad or a pencil in the pad somewhere near me at the job, and I'll write it all down. And then I could take it home and I could type it out. And then I'm moving back again, or I, you know, I'm always watching movies, so an idea will come to my mind there. But it, it's I, I find it in the mundane because if I concentrate too much on it, then it'll sound like Peter Cushing or something like that, and it will be too contrived so i try to i try to take a step back from it
0: i like it what i finally did to break my uh uh, barrier to finish script one is i started just talking to myself and recording like doing text-to-speech while i drove and i figured it out like just by talking to myself um while i drove i had have looked insane to the people in traffic next (laughs) to me because in atlanta you're on the interstate but you're going five miles an hour because it's atlanta and we have no mass transit
4: Um. Uh, It probably keeps um, you safe, though.
0: It does. It does. (laughs) Dwayne, go ahead. That's
3: that's a uh, glass half full right there. (laughs) I love that.
6: (laughs) I love that. For me, it's it's kind of it's all in my head, really. If that makes any sense, like Mm -hmm. the whole story is in my head. I'm like terrified to write it down because if I write it down, then I'll have another another version of the story, and another version of the story, and another version. And then I'll sit down and I'll just like my guy, what do I go with this one? Do I go with this one? Well, but then I can change this part and go back to the beginning. It so I don't write it down. I, I just keep it in my head and try to keep that as the general story as possible. If there's small tweaks, then when I'm writing it down officially, that's cool. But I try not to write it down because I'm terrified of it. I know <laughs> with my brain, I'll come up with something else and something else, and then then I'll like, Oh wait, I can do a spin-off and the spinoff can be that. And then so I don't do it. I just leave it alone. I just keep it in my brain and let it just fester. And, and just, cause for me, I'm more of a visual person. So because I'm, I'm I'm as I'm kind of uh, writing it I'm kind of already seeing how I want it to be drawn. So like, as I'm drawing it or as I'm writing it at the same time, sort of or doing like sort of like a mini storyboard I, I automatically come to the other versions of it. And that that's so dangerous cause then I'll be like up for like the whole night and just have like three different versions of the story. And so um, I don't
0: do it. Just, That's yeah. true. I mean, never thought about it from an artist's perspective that like, I mean, like once I write it and I send it off to the, to the artist, I can tweak the dialogue, right? Like I can tweak dialogue here and there, but the story is basically set because the panels are set for you artists in the crowd. Man, that must kind of suck, huh?
4: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm unlike Dwayne, like I have those moments where I'm looking at my script that I wrote like, you know, six months ago and I'm reading through it and I'm thinking to myself, like, what the hell was the writer thinking? This doesn't work, so I have to go through and change it on the fly. I wrote it and I still don't
6: know what I wrote. Yeah. Down in my I script. mean, it's 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 funny. It's interesting at the same time, but it's it's, it's very weird because sometimes I'll look at it and then go, Well, why why do <laughs> I just, if I got to when I got a it, then it won't even make any sense people won't even know what right. I'm talking about why am exactly. I no and so it's, it's like a real crazy kind of conversation <laughs> with yourself you're, you're, you're talking back to yourself I mean I think as a writer you kind of have to do that anyway to really make the story go out you kind of got to read it and in, like, the person's uh, uh, mannerisms, and whatnot, right? Maybe. Right, right. So, it, you're already having that conversation. So, for me, I'm having like six other conversations as the artist and the writer, talking to myself, like, that don't belong there. No, like, right. I mean, when I first decided to do it in black and white, I, I, Really was clashing with that as as a whole. If I wanted to do the whole story, like have like flashbacks, so it can always be a story where it's black and white, or just in color, or just continue with the story. So many conversations, I lost my mind. So I, I think I need to get committed now. You know, I need to see someone because <laughs> <mind. laughs> too many stories
0: in your head. <laughs> no, no, you don't you know, want to do I that. Mean, just for if, me, like, if you it take much
6: for me to come up with a story. You know, like I could watch a movie. Or, or read a story or anything, see see a pretty colors, clouds in the sky and go, oh wow, you know what, somebody, what if an airplane and then they went into the world. And so I, you know, for me, I, I enjoy it though. I, Cause you know, it, it really, um, it really just kind of gives you more inspiration to continue doing more stories opposed to, you know, just saying, you know, Nightfall is gonna be my only story. You know, that's why I have so many other stories that I'm trying to get done. Because I have so many ideas and I'm just trying to get it all out my head, so I can have more, you know what I mean. So for me, that that's always been kind of my 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 thing. What's up, Ronnie?
2: What's going, Ronnie? Ronnie.
0: Hey. <laughs> well, guys. All right, everybody.
5: Y'all have a great night, man. It was great meeting all, all of y'all, Lawrence. All right, take man, care. Too, man. Yeah. All
0: right, everybody. Uh, Lawrence is wrapping us up by by bending by. <laughs> getting out of here first um, I do want to say um, I Alex send me your link real quick in the private chat um, sure. I'm dropping Jason's link in the comment section right now you can pick up his book at his Etsy shop um, or follow Fogbreaker Studios wherever um, Fogbreaker Studios is at um, ever find, <laughs> say, Fogbreaker
2: Studios are sold
0: exactly <laughs> exactly um I do want to pop up this one more time because we are, uh, we won't do this as much every time guys I know, but, um, we are trying to get patrons right now. Totally should Patreon.com slash Indie comics dispatch. You can become a patron for as little as $3 a month, but there are four different levels, three, five, 10, and 20, that $20 level, um, as a creator, get some really great benefits. Um, you get creative shout outs. We will help you promote your project. Um, when you have a project that's live. Um, and, um, get invites to uh live streams and podcast recordings too so um if you're not a patron you should consider it Uh, go to patreon.com slash indie comics dispatch and sign up um gentlemen i want to go around one more time let you each plug your um projects and tell people where they can get it everything very soon will be in the comment section does anybody out there um wants to pick up any of the books um, that we have talked about tonight, you can go to the links that we've dropped in the comment sections. Follow these great creators and uh, learn more about their projects too. Um, Alex is there. Uh, Jason, tell us tell us what people can find when they go to your Etsy shop.
2: Oh, you can find Ransom Notes, Arrested Development. It's a horror, it's a cult horror book that is part comic, part poetry, part uh, prose novelette stories. Um, just kind of wanted to get some, some of the quick stories out of the way to kind of familiarize folks with it, because there's a lot that I want to do with this, but I don't know that I'm going to do it all at once because just, I was in a cult, but I don't want that to be my prevailing identity as a creator. So I wanted to get this one out and kind of get my existence out so I could get it off my back. Um, There's more coming, but There's something new afoot, so stay tuned for that. There'll be something new I have to talk about very, very
0: soon. Nice. Let's just keep going around, Alec. Uh,
3: yeah. So I mean, that'll be my Instagram link, but that will give you a link to uh, like my Beacons page where you can read Gyro on like uh, Global Comics, or you can DM me and uh, we can figure out how to get you the physicals or 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 the digitals that way. Um, But yeah, I got two books out right now, or I guess it's kind of three. This is the set version of, um, the, the first, uh,
0: Oh, there you go, Dwayne. Yeah. There's... I just got, I just got oh, a package oh, from yeah. you this week too.
3: <laughs> Let's go. So the set version, um, so the first two issues in one cause I'm going to do it a two issue stand. So this is the third issue out now. Um, and, uh, pretty sweet how this one's told they're all told through space time. So it goes through different time periods. Um, but basically this, the, the gist is aliens, uh, from an alien world are in prison and the prisoners are sent to earth and that's and you get a bunch of uh different perspectives um but the next issues should be up in august on kickstarter i have the first side issue of the series we're calling it relative pieces issue zero that's actually done with Eamon cohen who i know did uh some artwork for big bigfoot nose karate and uh that issue will be out in August along with issue four, the part two of the Mind Tells Tales issue. Oh, you had
1: Eamon work on something for you?
3: Yeah. yeah oh, Eamon's he,
1: amazing. He's Amon. awesome. Uh, he's great. He's incredible. Super great guy,
3: super talented. Uh, he did a whole issue for me. So it was the first side issue of my series. Awesome. Oh, man.
1: That's some – You, I, I, I got to check that out. That's amazing. Yeah, Eamon Cowan. If you all want to follow him on Instagram, go check him out. He's out of Ireland. He's, he's brilliant. Yeah
3: awesome yeah really unique style it's like digital painting and i was Oh yeah uh he uh he found my first issue out there and then we got to talking i'm like dude i need i want this dude's art in my series so oh yeah
0: let's keep going to clockwise dan dan schmidt two dans sorry
4: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um uh, like I said, working on my second graphic novel, if you want to get updates on it uh, as I go along, you can follow me on Instagram at Dan Schmidt Art. It's on my tag here in the, on the screen. Um, you can look up Worms In on Facebook. I post the updates there, and you can find me on Facebook as well. Um, and uh, my website is Wormscrawlin.com, and you can buy that book uh, as part of my store there, too.
6: Very
0: cool. Dwayne
6: yeah you can find me in all of my comics which is the nightfall series we recently have the hollow version chrome version nice. of the nightfall version uh issue one uh we also have issue two of nightfall michael's awakening um i'm going i'm currently working on issue three i'm having some problems with my hands so um uh trying to get that done before the summer is out but uh yeah so if you like action hard we also have the salvation series which we just finished our variant covers, which is a zero, well, zero (laughs) and one um, available coming soon. Uh, So definitely check us out on our website, animationcomicsent.com. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook with the same name, animationcomicsent.
0: Nice. Dan Price. All right, uh, yeah, no, I'm um, I do
1: my name is Dan Price, I do Bigfoot Nose Karate. Uh, you can find uh, Bigfoot Nose Karate at bigfootnosekarate.com Uh, it's pretty easy to remember, I hope. And uh, also, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Danomite139, that's D A N O M Y T E 139. Um, also. I think that's my TikTok as well, but I barely use it. And um, if you're on Facebook, you can also go to – there's a Bigfoot Nose Karate uh, group on there too. So, you know, come check that out. That's always hopping. And um, I also work on uh, Latex Avenger and so i got latex avenger meets halloween or halloween man meets latex avenger coming out with drew edwards and paulo hernandez uh, later this uh later this summer and casey allen and myself on bigfoot Nose karate um check him out also at robots eat guitar on twitter and instagram as well yeah it's, he's brilliant uh <laughs> it's just it's just a madman of a writer i tell you so um check and he has also has a book out voodoo child that's just absolutely fantastic Thanks for
0: is that on Kickstarter right now or Duty child? No, that's, yeah. uh, they're
1: they're working on three okay. right now. It's uh they did one and two over Kickstarter okay. and uh did really well with that. And uh yeah, but the, he showed me pages of three. Y'all need to check that out. So
6: his information you nominated number. for a uh, cover of the of the year for Comic Wells and he
0: won. Yeah, oh, so that yeah. was
1: our yes, uh, well I might not my uh, cover, but Adam Caswell's cover. Yeah. Hold on, I'll show you. Uh, yes, well, so we uh we won the uh comics wellsprings, yeah, cover master cover content. I don't know what it was called, but I was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I was so stoked, I could not believe that. Adam did this amazing artwork for uh the book, it was a piece of fan art actually. Um, he mailed this, uh, mailed this amazing piece of artwork to me to my house. And he's like, I'm sending you this as a present. I love Bigfoot Nose Karate and what you're doing. I said, that's crazy. Um, you need to <laughs> let me pay you for this artwork. And I'm going to run it as a, uh, as a uh, variant cover on our deluxe edition. So the, the actual artwork is right here. Um, nice. the, the pen and ink nice. So it's uh, he's actually, so I'm working on book two of uh, Bigfoot Nose Karate right now. And then after book two is a prequel book that, Adam is actually drawing for, um, it was, um, Adam was one of the, I'm, I'm sorry, man. Uh, the, I, to say to that. uh um, I love you. Um, the, uh, no, Adam doing, Adam's doing the interior artwork on that, on that book, on that prequel book, man. So it's going to be really good. And, uh, yeah, that's a, a yield my time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well thank you everybody for oh, joining thank you. Lawrence um everybody thanks for um tuning in out there watching and listening to it after the fact on podcast. I'm Brett with Indie Comics Dispatch. Um, if you haven't had a chance to check out the Wingless Entertainment Kickstarter, go to winglessent.com kickstarter. You can check that out, and uh, that'll also be the destination to go when we launch a Immortalis uh, Kickstarter in August. We'll update the URL so it redirects to the proper Kickstarter, but that's always the place to find it. Again, uh, we're here during the summer every other Tuesday, except for next week. We're doing back-to-back because last week my kids had a swim meet, and so we're doing it two weeks in a row now um and then uh, ben o'grady who's been on the show before will be joining us next week along with some other creators um and it should be a fun time uh jason alec dan dan Dwayne. wow that sounds like a band name or something thank you guys so much for being here this evening uh everybody out there we will see you next time See you. good night why are you still listening it's the end of the podcast but since you listen to the whole thing since you're still here at the end As this podcast ends, as you exit out of the episode, why don't you give us a rating? And if you're not following or subscribing to us yet, go ahead and do that too. As I said at the beginning of the show, it helps a lot and you'll be doing the dispatch a big favor.